Aren't you glad that God is with us? Can we just give a shout out to God this morning? God is with us. He is here this morning. I'm glad that you are here this morning. If we have not yet met, and uh, my name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor of this church. I want to welcome all those who are watching online this morning, and uh, we're, we're glad you're checking us out online. I had somebody come up to, and admit to me this morning and say, hey, been a, been a little while since I, I've been to church, but there, it, it is different. It's better in person, so I'm glad that you're back. So I want to welcome all those, and we just want you to know if you're new to Thrive Church, we, we are a mission-driven church that is leading people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. And that is our mission. And we're excited about this missional opportunity we have on Christmas Eve. Did you know that Christmas Eve is an an opportunity? They say that more people are open to come to church if you ask them on Christmas Eve than any time of the year. So I want to encourage you, church. That's a great time to invite. And we have a special service uh, that we have uh, targeted for for people who are maybe looking, seeking for answers. So I want to encourage you to be sure to invite somebody uh, on that day. uh, And that's coming up just right around the corner. I'm going to ask right now... uh, if Heidi and Dustin Craig, both of you could come up, and my wife, Michelle. Last week, we announced that uh, we, we are making a transition in our children's ministry, and, uh, and so we prayed, and we asked Heidi Craig, who is currently seeking her ministerial credentials uh, with the Assemblies of God, and we asked her if she would take over this ministry, and she has agreed to do so, and today is her first Sunday. Can we just give her a round of applause? I invited Dustin to come up because this is a team project, and we work together as a team. And so I'm just going to ask if you just extend your hands towards her, and we just want to pray for for her and pray for this couple. In Jesus' name, we just thank you, Father, for the calling of ministry on their their lives. And I thank you that, that Heidi heard from you, and Lord, that you're going to give her wisdom, you're going to give her faith, you're going to give her courage. And that we're going to see lives changed in Jesus' name in the hearts of these young people. And so, Lord, I just pray that you, as you go with her today, your anointing would be on her. And I just pray for, for this couple. I pray, Lord, as they've accepted this challenge, Lord, that it would enhance their marriage. It would enhance their home. I pray favor and blessings on their lives today. And we give you honor and praise. And everyone said, amen. 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 Thank you for accepting this challenge, Heidi. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Is everybody ready for Christmas? We did a little Christmas shopping this week and uh, having a lot of fun doing that. I have to admit, my wife is the better Christmas shopper than I am. But how many of you at Christmas time, how many of you have ever received a gift and you're just not quite sure what to do with it? How many of you, have you ever received one of those, those Christmas gifts and you're like, wow, that's awesome. You know, when somebody says that's awesome, that means like I'm not quite sure what it is yet. It reminds me of, of this Texas man who was so proud of the rare and unique gifts that he would give to his father at Christmas time. And he was so excited this year because he really went out of his way and he purchased a rare kind of South American bird. And this bird is called the translator. And this bird could speak five languages. 
This bird could sing the yellow rose of Texas in any key while standing on one foot. And this talented bird that he purchased for his father cost him $10,000. But he loved his dad. And he knew that his dad was lonely. And he wanted to provide for his father some companionship and, you know, build a friendship with this bird. I don't know. But his, his son, he felt like, this is worth it for dear old dad. So one week after Christmas... And the son is so excited. I, I bet you dad just loves this bird, this gift. And he's so proud of himself. I mean, what a unique gift to give to somebody. So he called his dad and he said, dad, how did you like the bird I sent you? And his, and his dad responded, oh, that bird? It was delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That gift, you just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Last week uh, in our message, we put out a challenge for you. Remember that the Christmas challenge? Maybe you didn't hear that last week, but, but we watched this video of, of the secret Santa, and, and we put out a Christmas challenge, a Christmas kindness challenge. And what we've, what we've encouraged you to do is just pray. Pray about an opportunity that God would use you and your giftings and your resources that you could bless somebody else who was in need. And we said, hey, get your family involved. Get your family engaged here and, and, and say, listen, we're, we're gonna bless somebody this Christmas. Let's, let's do something really big. And then, and then we said, begin to look for an opportunity. Look for an opportunity in your world, in your circumstance, in, 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 your, in your workplace or in your neighborhood. Look for an opportunity to bless somebody. And then when that opportunity arises, be generous. And I want to encourage all of you, those who are watching online, those who are here today, take up that Christmas challenge. You want this to be the best Christmas ever? Best Christmas ever? I'm telling you, it's in your giving. Even the word of God says it is better to give than to receive. So we're in this sermon series called With Us, With Us. And in Matthew 1, 22 uh, through 23, Matthew gives a prophecy of the birth of Jesus, and he says these words. He says, all of this occurred to fulfill the, word, the Lord's message through his prophet. He said, look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Is God with you this morning? I hope that you feel and that you sense and you know his presence. You know, I think it's so interesting. It's kind of interesting when you look up the meaning of names. How many of you have ever looked up the meaning of your name before? I, I was so excited. I'm like, I got this idea. And I'm going to look up the meaning of the name Sheldon. It's kind of a unique name. And, and so I'm going to look up this. It probably means man of God. Right? Yeah, I thought, man, that's probably something very spiritual like that. And, uh, and so I looked it up, and it's an English word. It's an English name. And I was maybe a little disappointed when I found out that the word Sheldon means the hill on the ledge. <laughs> Not sure what to do with that. <laughs> but for some of you who you are thinking about naming your child, that might be a good name, the, the hell on the ledge. Okay. But you know, when we look at Jesus's name, Emmanuel, we see the significance. And we see in it 
that there is a promise for us today. Did you know that in the name of Jesus, there is a promise for your life? Last week, we talked about, we, we talked about the significance where it says, the, the, the angel said that God is with you. God is with you. And you know what that do? When you own that, that God is with me wherever I go, there's a promise in that. That means that you are never alone. You do not, no matter what your circumstances, you do not have to live a life of loneliness. And this gives you power for your life today. Not only does it give you power, but it gives you hope for today. Do you have hope that God is with you? Do you have hope that you are not alone? You know, this reminds us that the Lord of the impossible has the ability to make all things possible. I read this book when I was in college, and that was the title of the book, The Lord of the Impossible Makes All Things Possible. You know, have you ever felt an impossible situation before? Have you ever felt something impossible? You know, there's famous people who had impossibilities spoken over them. Albert Einstein, he could not speak until he was four years old, and he did not read until he was seven. It was impossible for him to turn out to be anything in life. Beethoven, his music teacher said, as a composer, he is hopeless. Thomas Edison, he was a young boy, and his teacher said he, had, he was so stupid he could never learn anything. His situation was impossible. Walt Disney was once fired by a newspaper editor because he was thought to, be, to have no good ideas. Impossible. Michael Jordan, those who remember back in the day, <laughs> got cut from his high school team because he could never excel at the game. It was just impossible. This Christmas season, some of you might be dealing with and or maybe in the midst of impossible situation. Maybe you are facing an impossible habit or an impossible addiction that you, could just, you cannot get through. Maybe you have been given an impossible diagnosis with an, with an illness. Maybe it's impossible for you to forgive somebody who has hurt you so much. Maybe your marriage is in a state of impossibility. You've just entered into that land like this is impossible. Maybe your depression or your loneliness that you're going through, everything just seems impossible. Maybe you have impossible debt. Maybe, maybe God has given you a dream, but that dream is so big, it's impossible for it to happen. God promises and he reminds us that no matter what you're going through, God makes all things possible. Where do I get this idea? Well, in Luke chapter one, Gabriel, the angel, is speaking over to Mary, and I believe that he's also speaking to us. And he says this, in verses 26 through 38, he says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is him prophesying over Mary about what is about to happen, God sent the, sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favor woman, the Lord is with you. Catch that promise. That promise is for you today. God is with you. And if God is with you, you are not alone. It says, being confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think that the angel, what, what it could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. 
You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I, I, I'm, I'm still a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she was conceived. She has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. And, and catch this last point, verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. Look at your neighbor right now and say nothing. Nothing. Listen to me. Whatever you're going through this morning, whatever you're going through in your life that just seems so impossible, with God, all things are possible. Did you hear what the angel said? God, he said to Mary, he said, Mary, God is going to come into the world in the most impossible way. You, Mary, a virgin, you are going to conceive a child by the Holy Spirit. That's impossible. This child that will be born to you, to this poor girl, is going to be the son of God. That is impossible. This child will become the savior of the world and will provide salvation for all mankind. That is impossible. And to sustain Mary's thoughts through this impossible task, Gabriel gave her this powerful reminder. Remember? Mary. Listen, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure she must have had this look on her face, like all of us would. Like, what are you talking about? Gabriel says to Mary, Mary, listen, I, I can see the impossible thoughts running through your mind. But Mary, I want you to know you're not gonna do this alone. God is with you. And even still, he must have saw the doubts in her minds and said, listen, Mary, listen, listen, listen to me. For nothing, for with God, nothing is impossible. Do you believe that this morning? With God, God is with us. And so if God is with us, there is nothing that is impossible. It isn't amazing what happens inside of us when we hear that phrase. When we hear the phrases like, listen, 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 you're not alone. God is with you. And, and, and listen, listen, listen. To me. If God is with you, then all things are possible. Again, I ask you, do you believe that this morning? I, I hope at this Christmas season, that is the first thought, those thoughts come to your mind every time you look at a nativity scene. You drive down the street and you got, you got that one neighbor and, and they got the whole nativity scene out there. I hope every time you, you look at somebody's Christmas decorations, again, you see a nativity scene, I hope the first thought that comes to your mind is, I'm not alone. God is with me. I hope the second thought that comes to your mind is, wait a second, if God is with me, then all things are possible. The impossibility that I'm facing today, all things are possible with God. Today, that is the title of this message. Nothing, listen to me, nothing is impossible. Look at your neighbor and just reassure them of that this morning. Nothing is impossible. You know, throughout our lives, 
I think we have maybe these life equations that, that we believe, that we believe if you do this and you do this, then this is what's gonna happen, right? I don't know if you have any of those life equations, but in Matthew 19, 26, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's telling them, listen, guys, listen, because they're, they're talking about salvation. And Jesus is trying to give them clarity on this and he's saying, listen, with man, you are not able to save yourself. You cannot save yourself. You don't have that within you. And, and you can work and you can strive and you can be the best person that you can be, but you cannot save yourself. That is impossible. So he gives us, he says this in verse nine, nine, Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them instant, intently, intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible but with God, everything is possible. Here's the two life equations that we get from this passage. Life equation number one, with man equals impossibilities. And that means there are some things that the impossibilities that you might be facing, if you're trying to do those things on your own, yes, there are impossibilities that are out there. They do exist. And sometimes I think, you know, we strive and we work and we work and it's like, why isn't this getting any better? Why is it? It just seems like it's impossible. And all of a sudden it arises in our minds and in our hearts, this feeling of hopelessness. You ever been there before? You ever been in the land of hopelessness? Be careful when you're in the land of hopelessness. It's a dangerous place to live. You see, I think what, what Jesus is trying to say is when we attempt to do the impossible on our own, we find out how limited we are, don't we? When we attempt to do the impossible on our own without God's help, we find out we truly are limited. And then when we cannot accomplish the impossible, we feel defeated. But, 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 but listen to me, there's a second life equation that Jesus brings out in this passage. This, he says this, but however, look at your neighbor and say, however. Aren't you glad for the howevers? There's good howevers in the Bible. However, with God, everything is possible. That means with God, your hopeless situation, there's hope. I'm telling you, there's people who need to hear there's a message of hope for your life, for your circumstance, for your situation today, there is hope. And it's based on the belief that God is who he says he is. And if he is who he says he is, he can do what he says that he can do because this, with God, listen to me, write this in your notes, with God, all things are possible. And this promise, I hope, gives you hope for today. So in the, the Advent season, I don't know if you, you, you got this card here a few weeks ago, but we said this, during this Advent season, we're gonna get to know this Jesus who came into the world a little bit better. How many of you, you've been joining us, you've been praying, or you've been reading through the book of Luke together? Really, really good stuff. And if you're kind of new to this or you haven't heard about it, simply what we're doing is we're, you know, what is today's day? Today's the 12th. So we're, today we are reading Luke chapter 12. Tomorrow we read Luke chapter 13. There's 24 chapters in the book of Luke. I encourage you to just jump in and, and join us as we read through this Advent season. Interesting what happened to me as I was reading last Wednesday, December 8th. So I was reading in Luke chapter 8. 
I'm just, these miracles keep happening. God, Jesus shows up in these people's lives, a miracle. Jesus shows up in this situation, a miracle, a miracle. It was just a really exciting day of reading. Jesus, in this chapter, he delivered three people from three impossible circumstances. I want to talk about them first of all. First of all, was the impossibility that we, we read about these disciples. I've talked about this in a, in a sermon before, but these disciples were crossing this lake in a storm and Jesus is in the boat with them and he is sleeping and all of a sudden this horrible, terrible storm comes upon them. And they think, oh no, we're gonna die. It's impossible. This is an impossible situation. Then we read on about this man named Jarius. And Jarius has a daughter who is dying. I mean, she's not just sick, she is dying. And Jarius knows she is gonna die if something doesn't happen. And then we fast forward a little bit later, and there's this lady. And she has this disease where she has chronic bleeding. She can't stop it. And she's, she's seen all these doctors and she's reached out for help and nothing stops and she's just tired of living in life. And this situation just seems impossible. Each one, the Lord of the impossible shows up and changes their impossible situation. And you know what? I want you, I want you to hear me today. I believe God still is in the work of doing impossible things today. I believe just maybe, just maybe today, God wants to do something impossible in your life. It's Christmas season, just, just wondering. Do you, do you have an impossible situation that's going on in your life? Is there something that you're just like, oh man, pastor, if you only knew, I know. If you only knew the storm I was going through, if you only knew the sickness that I was dealing with, if you only understood the marriage that I was living in, impossible situations. This morning, I want to talk about when we pursue the impossible. I'm, I'm going to talk about pursuing the impossible. There's three things that we need to get. So if you're here this morning and you want to pursue the impossible, there's three things, three things I want you to get. First of all, I challenge you to get a vision. Get a vision. You know, as we talk about the, the story of these three people, I, I, these three circumstances, I think each one of them, as they're battling, they're going through their circumstances, I think they have a vision that, you know what, one of these days, one of these days, this situation is gonna get better. And I think, I think their faith was based on that if they could get there, if we, we see that if they could just get their impossible possible situation to Jesus, he could change everything. That was their vision. Do you have a vision this morning? The disciples, they're in the boat. They're fighting the storm on their own. If we could just somehow get Jesus, if we could, if we can, I think they would, well, we see that they waited to the last minute. But if we could get Jesus involved, the Father, man, I heard that Jesus is coming into town. If I could just get to Jesus and have him come to my home, the woman, if I could just get to Jesus and if I could just touch his robe, you see, they had a vision that something could be changed. Hebrews chapter 11 talks about this word, faith. What is faith? 
When you are living a life of faith, what does that mean? You, you are, I, I tell people I'm a person of faith. I'm not a religious person. I'm a person of faith. What does that mean? Hebrews 11.1 1 gives us the definition. It says, now faith is confidence. Underline that word, confidence, and what we hope for, and it's assurance about what we do not see. It's, it's kind of hard to explain sometimes, faith, right? We, we, we know how to apply it, yes, but, but sometimes it can be a hard thing to explain. But really, faith is a vision. It's a vision. It may not be the current circumstance, but I have a vision that it's going to get better. It's going to be better. It's going to work out for the good in the end. You see, faith is a vision that all things, listen to me, faith is a vision that all things are possible when Jesus is involved. That's good right there. That, that's good. Let me say that one more time. This is what faith is. Faith is a vision that all things, whatever circumstances, whatever impossibilities you're dealing with, that all things are possible when Jesus is involved. Faith. And then the writer of Hebrews tells us this, that the kind of faith that is available, this kind of faith is available to all of us. Did you know that? You have the ability to have this kind of faith in your, in your life. We just need to believe for it. As we go down here, a few more verses, it says this in verse number six. It says, and it is impossible to believe without faith. It is impossible to, I'm sorry, it is impossible to please God without faith. Well, that's kind of interesting. It's impossible to please God. Why is that? Why can't I please God without faith? Why, why is that so? You see, when you live your life without faith in God, listen to me, this is what it looks like. You are living your life dependent on self or others, other things. Let me say that one more time. Why is it, why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because when you are living your life without faith in God, what you are doing is you are putting your dependency not in him, but you're putting your dependency in yourself and your abilities are in other people or in other things. You know what that is? When you put your faith in other things, other people, I mean, we're talking entire faith. When you put your entire faith and everything into that, that is the definition of idolatry. That is the definition of, of pride, and that is the definition of foolishness. The Bible talks about these things. But then he says here, but then anyone who wants to, to come to him must believe. Everybody say believe. Everyone who wants to come, everybody who wants God to work, you must believe that God exists and that he rewards those for, the, for those who sincerely seek him. You see, when we approach God with our impossibilities, we, we gotta believe. You have to believe. Well, what is it that, that we need to believe in? First of all, we need to believe that he exists. All right, have you, for some of you, if maybe you're watching online, you've not gotten past that just yet. But do you believe, do you honestly believe that God exists? And if you believe that he exists, do you honestly, listen to me, you need to understand what you believe. Do you believe that he is with you? And if you believe that he is with you, do you believe he is who he says that he is? 
And if you believe who he says that he is, then do you believe that he can do what he says that he can do? Do you believe, listen to me, do you believe he can change your situation? Even as impossible as it seems, do you believe he can change your circumstances? Let me ask this one final question. Do you believe that he cares? The the writer of Hebrews is trying to challenge us for what we believe. And And you have to have that settled in your heart. What is it that I believe? You know, the best way to practice our faith, our faith in God, is through this simple thing called prayer. Each and every time you pray, you are practicing your faith. When we pray, this is what happens. When we pray, we humble ourselves by acknowledging our limitations. And that's always a good place to be. Acknowledging that there are some things in my life that for myself, my abilities, they are impossible. That is a good Thing to do, a good thing to acknowledge. And then uh, when we pray, what happens is we begin to transition our faith in ourself, our, our the things that are around us, and we begin to transfer our faith in God instead. Every time you pray, you're transferring your faith. When you pray, what you are actually doing is you are plugging yourself into God's power. We are getting Jesus involved in the impossible situation when we pray and when we find renewed strength and we get our source of hope. And that's why we, 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 we're declaring in the month of January, starting January 9th, we're gonna take three weeks, 21 days, and we're gonna get plugged in with God. And we're just gonna take uh, we're going to three uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and fasting, we'll talk about that later. Fasting could be just anything. For some of you, it might be social media. For, for, for other people, it, it might be a, a food or it might be sugar, whatever it is. But we're just going to take, take some time and we're going to set aside stuff. And we're going to put our focus on God. And we're going to pray and we're going to seek his face for the impossible. But, but by the way, that, that's like a month out. You don't have to wait a month out, all right? Don't, don't, don't wait a month out. I just want you to know what we're gonna do as a church. But we're gonna start the, near, the new year off by plugging into God's power. But look in Luke 8, 24 through 25. We see that Jesus, the situation in the boat that we talked about here a few moments ago. Remember that? Kind of an interesting statement that, that Jesus makes here. He says, the disciples went and they woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're gonna drown. Remember that part? And he says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves and suddenly the storm stopped and was all in calm. And he looked at his disciples and he asked them, where is your faith? So again, this morning, with the things that we need to get is we need to get, we need to get a vision. We need to get faith that with God, when Jesus enters a situation, that all things are possible. Number two, three things that we're gonna get, we're gonna get a vision. Number two, we're gonna get moving. If we're gonna pursue an impossible situation, we're gonna get moving. You see, our faith James, the brother of Jesus, tells us this, that our faith is demonstrated best 
through our actions. Did you know that? Yes, yeah, please understand. There are times that we need to just be still and wait for God. But I think there's a lot of times where God is saying, listen, you've brought this to me, you've prayed, and you've, you've, you, you have a vision for this. Now I'm gonna call for you to do something. I'm gonna, tra- I'm gonna, tra- I'm gonna challenge you You do all that you can do and then trust God for what only he can do. Can I say that one more time? You do what only you can do and then you trust God for what only God can do. James chapter two, verse 26. James says this, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds, without actions, without a response is dead. You see, and in, in each of these impossible situations, the people in these stories, they put their faith into action. They got up and they got moving. Let, let, let's look at this. The disciples, what did they do? They're in that boat. They're in the midst of that storm. And, and instead of just trying to fight it out themselves, which was an impossible situation, they wake Jesus up and they stop trying to fight the storm by themselves. They moved. They took action. What did the father do? The father heard that Jesus was coming into town. So what did he do? He had an impossible situation with his daughter. And so he left his home and he found Jesus. And he says that he fell at his feet and he pleaded with him, Jesus, please, please come to my home and heal my daughter. What did the woman do? As Jesus was going to that man's home, They they were in a large crowd, and this woman who had tried every single thing that she could, she fought the crowd, and she just had this belief, if I could just touch his robe, I know something will happen. Something will change this impossible situation. I love stories like that. 2011, we were pastoring a church in De Pere, Wisconsin, and we were, start, we were pastoring this small storefront church downtown. Have you ever been to East Pier downtown right across from Saruji's Chocolates? Amen? Everybody say amen to Saruji's Chocolates if you haven't. Hey, can we just, say, just give a praise, a shout out to Saruji's Chocolates because of their free samples that they give? Thank you, God. Got me through a lot of afternoons. I'm just gonna see what's happening in Saruji's. So we were running out of space. We had a small storefront church and, and the church was growing and it was just a great thing, but we were running out of room. Well, if you know anything about De Pere, Wisconsin, it's very expensive. And so we started to envision a better place. We, we envisioned a church that had more space to accommodate our ministries that were happening. And, then, and so what we began to do is we began to pray about this. We begin to take action. We, God, you, you got to come and deliver. We, we got to do something. And we could have just sat there and say, all right, well, God, show up with something. And sometimes that happens, but God didn't compel us. He compelled us to go out for a drive. So, so myself and my, my good friend, Ben Hermans, just a great friend and accountability friend of mine, we just started driving through De Pere, and we started to mosey in into Green Bay, and we just stopped the truck and said, no, God didn't call us into Green Bay God called us to be in De Pere. So we turned the truck around and, and we just drove around in De Pere and we would contact all these places that were for sale and we're like, $7 million. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it just, it just impossible. 
And I remember the, the truck ride, just feeling that same way. And we were looking at buildings. We even looked at this car location that, that was closing down and like, oh my goodness, I can just see it. I can just see it. But it just, it just wasn't happening. We had, finally, it was brought to our attention a building just south of town, three miles. And it had three times the amount of space. And it had five acres of land with more room to grow. And the, the word was that there was going to be a major bridge. It was going to be built just a quarter mile down the road. And it would become a major intersection. And we just said, yeah, this is it. This is it. And we begin to believe and we begin to reach out to the realtor. And we didn't have, we had like zero money to invest. We didn't know how we were gonna finance this building, but we just said, yes, this is it. Put our names down, we want this building. One of the things that we needed to do is we needed to sell our old building before we could buy the new building. And nothing was happening. And it just, you ever had one of those situations just seemed impossible. Nothing was moving. And I think after six months, the deal was dropped. We, we, actually, we actually met with the realtor and the, the, the realtor was just being kind of shady. And if you're a realtor today, don't be shady with people, okay? Anyhow, we, we signed off and said, yeah. But we, we signed off on the paper, but we just knew we had a vision, that building is ours. It, it, that, that doesn't make sense, right? I know, like, how is that proactive? But somehow, as we signed that paper, it seemed proactive. I don't know how. It, it, it just wasn't, it didn't make any sense. I didn't know what to do. And by the way, if you don't know what to do, here's a scripture passage that carried me through that time. Joshua chapter one. If you know the story God had just transitioned uh, leadership from Moses to Joshua. And Joshua, I'm sure, didn't know what to do. So in Joshua chapter one, you see it stated three times. The Lord told Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you. Isn't that crazy that that same idea is brought about again? God is with you. You don't need to be afraid. You don't have to be discouraged. For those times when you just don't know what to do, but you know you should do something, do this. Be strong in your faith and be courageous that God is gonna show up. When pursuing the impossible, three things that you need to get. Number one, you need to get a vision that, there, that with God, it can be a better circumstance. God can, God can do something about this. Number two, we're gonna get moving I'm gonna apply this faith. I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna do what only I can do and trust God for what only he can do. And number three, I like this part. We need to get excited. I'm quite confident that when the disciples finally woke Jesus up and he started to stand up and he started to speak and they started to see what was happening, I'm quite confident that those disciples got pretty excited I'm very confident that the father was, how excited he was when he realized that Jesus said, okay, I'll go to your home. I'm sure he was very excited. I'm sure the woman was very excited when Jesus stopped and he said, who touched my robe? Who was that? 
I'm confident that these people were excited. You see, the Apostle Paul tells us that we can be excited. Well, he tells us this, a reason to be excited. He says in Romans 8, 28, he says, and we know, listen to me, that when God is involved, that he causes everything, everybody say everything. He causes everything to work together. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's working that impossible situation. He's working it out together for the good. Everybody say for the good. Look at your neighbor and say he's working it out for the good. He's got this. For the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I hope that makes you excited this morning. That even when it seems like things have stopped, even when it seems like the circumstance is impossible, God is working behind the scenes. I, I, want you, I want to remind you, some of you, that's exactly what is happening right now in your situation. God is working behind the scenes. And you may not see it, you may not feel it, but our God is working. And, and why should we get excited? Because number one, number one reason why you should be excited today is because God hears you when you pray. Do you realize you have the ear of God? When you are talking, when you go and you pray to him, God hears you. And God is working out a purpose. He's working towards a purpose. And here's the exciting thing. We get to be a part of it. God's got this great big purpose in his plan, and he invites you to be a part of that plan. And I want you to know that plan is for the good. God's plan is for the good. Now, let me just stop here just for a second. Because some of you might be going through memories of your minds, like, well, what about that? That wasn't for so good there. And what happened there when I did all these things? It wasn't so good. But I didn't say necessarily for your good the way you want it to work out. But I tell you, any day I want God's will over my will any day. I want God's good over my good every day. And God's good is better than my good could ever be. And we need to own that. And that takes faith to own that. Getting back to our our situation here. So it's one of those craziest things. Again, we had stepped out of the contract, but I still felt excited. Isn't that weird? I signed this contract. We are done. Realtor walks out. I'm like, man, that's, this is exciting. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, this is exciting. I knew that that building was ours. I didn't know how it was going to work out. So I remember we lived about a mile from that building. And on a Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, my prayer time, I just felt compelled about a mile away. I'm just going to go at that building and I could just right there in the corner and I'm saying, God, this is our building. You, you have this all worked out. I just believe this is part of your plan and I just claim this building in Jesus' name. I, re, I used to take missionaries and pray when, we, when, when the deal was on. We'd take missionaries and pray over that building when they would come into town. The reason why we did it is because missionaries, they know how to pray. Sunday morning, prayed for that building. Tuesday afternoon, I get a call from the bank. 
This is so-and-so from, from such and such a bank. Just wanted you to know, I don't know if you knew this, but we have repossessed that building. I didn't know that they were in that circumstance. And here's, we understand you're very interested in this building. We are very interested in our building. He says, this is what we would like to do. We would like to lower the price of that building some $40,000. Mm-hmm. We would like to help you with financing. We're not sure if you have any financing or not. We have zero financing. We would like to help you with that financing. We would like to help you get into that building. <laughs> Man, that was exciting. Talk about being excited. God showed up in an impossible situation that we could not force ourselves. Psalm 37, three through five, it says this. He gives us a reason to be excited. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust God and do your part. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take land, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Did you hear, did you hear all those promises? God's gonna give you safety. He's gonna prosper you. He's gonna provide our heart's desires. He's gonna help us. And, and, and again, I don't know what your impossibility is this morning, but I want you to know God is with you and he is the Lord of the impossible. And the Lord of the impossible, he makes all things possible. So we, we, we go back to the, to the story we go back to these stories and we see that Jesus did step in in the storm and he stopped the storm. We see that Jesus healed the daughter who was dying. We see that Jesus healed the woman of her disease. You see, with God, all things are possible. So we close out this message this morning. I, I, again, I, I don't know where you are, what's going on in your life, but I would assume somewhere in this room or even online, you're going through an impossible situation. And we wanna pray. We wanna pray for you. We believe in the God of miracles, amen? Can we just pray right now? And Jesus, if you're, if, you're, if you're here today and you have an impossible situation, I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand right now impossible situation. God, we pray right now for all those hands that are raised. All of these impossibilities. Lord, we, we raise our hand and we just have faith that you are with us and that you are working out all things together for the good. And that, Lord, I pray that you would give each and every one of these people a vision Lord, of you working things out, I pray, God, that you would just show us where to move, show us what to do, Lord, in, in these circumstances. And God, I pray that you would just get our spirit excited, that you would build that faith in us. And God, I pray that you would work out miracles in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The Lord of the impossible is making all things possible. Can we just give him praise this morning? God, we give you praise for what you've done. Last of all, before, before we leave this morning, I just want to ask you, have you given your heart to Jesus? If you've never given your heart to him, he wants you to come. He wants, he wants to come and live inside of you, but it only happens through invitation. If you'd like to give your heart to Jesus this morning, just, just call out to him right now where you're at. Just say, God, I need you. I'm asking that the Lord of the universe would come and live inside of me.
that you would come and forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins and I turn away from my sin and I turn towards you. I'm choosing today to make you Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And I wanna encourage you this morning that if, if, if you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we have a gift that we wanna give to you, a Bible. And this Bible is an instruction book on how to build your faith and grow in your faith. And I encourage you to go in the back to our guest center. Our, our, uh, our guest center helpers uh, are, are there and they'll give you one of these Bibles. We wanna help you with that, amen? Let's give God praise this morning for what he's doing, what he's gonna do.